the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the Week 10 College Football Betting Recap. I'm Stucky, and joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson. A lot to make sense of. We had absolute chaos across the board yesterday in college football. I'm sorry about your hogs, but I will say it does set up quite a spot for next week. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I, I think I got trolled by a lot of people on taking the hogs, but the fact that Liberty didn't score any points in the second half and that under 23 and a half cash is stupid. The day was just like, I mean, the day was a shit show. What happened in Missouri? The video I clipped out about the punter on the goal line, right? That's one thing. But if you weren't watching that game, like Chris Rodriguez had a fumble. No, it wasn't a fumble. There was a targeting call against in Kentucky. Now nah, we're going to wipe it off. There's no targeting call. And then that play happened. That Missouri loss was like it cut it cut deep and then the flood of people that were hitting my timeline by taking the service academy over like you would think that i i have put everybody in the freaking homeless shelter with no money because i must have heard from everybody about the about about the air force army total i'm interested in these voicemails (laughs) there's i listened to them on, on the plane i'm up in philly for my dad's 70th birthday party and uh yeah, there were quite a few. I got some club lit. The club is burning down. And then we'll hear from Good Call in Georgia. I, I had a winning week and nothing crazy overall. It was a very good weekday, middling week Saturday. Luckily, cash didn't, didn't hit them all, but on my round robin. But I had some, yeah, I, look, that Missouri, I had Missouri too. That hurt. UAB hurt, hurt bad. Um, so I had a couple ones that just, just didn't bounce away. And then, of course, TCU. We'll talk about them later in the week. But the backup quarterback didn't play well enough for Texas Tech. I thought it would be. Uh, but there were some questionable calls in that game, too. But whatever. That's the weekly TCU. That's what goes down with TCU. But I think overall, it was a fair result, fair results for me. I had some bad calls. We'll get the best call, worst call, bet, regret. My, my worst call is going to be Charlotte, obviously. They were down like, I get that game on the big screen at noon. It's like 21 nothing, two minutes in. I'm like, all right, well. We're not going to watch the Charlotte game anymore. So, but let's, uh, we'll let the people dictate where we go with this. And our producer, I listened to probably about eight minutes of it. Our producer was like, these are some of the funniest voicemails we've ever received. So uh, let's, let's go through them. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of network podcast the guy is drunk but there he goes let's check this week's messages yes this is colin's uh, grandmother and i want to wish saving a happy birthday he's 71 today well i'm 80 i'll be i'm 88 i'll be 89 in december 
So he's got a long way to go yet, and I'm sure he'll have many, many wonderful years. I'm, I'm rooting for him 100%. Bye. I mean, just one thing about Grammy. I think Grammy wants to date Saban. I, I don't think she cares that Miss Terry's around. Uh, but, you know, the fact that she is saved the voicemail in her phone, which only has like five contacts and calling for Saban's birthday. I hope uh, we probably didn't get a call last night after that game. Well, let, we'll, we'll talk about that game real quick. I mean, they're uh, amazing call. Thanks for checking in as always, Granny. Uh, Bama's done. I would assume. I mean, maybe there's enough chaos where they could still technically win their division. I think LSU's like a 70% chance now, but Alabama still could. And then if they win the SEC, like beat Georgia with two losses, I don't know. With how much craziness there's, obviously they would need a lot of help. But do you think from what you saw in that game, amazing game, by the way, I thought it was the correct call for LSU to go for two. You're the underdog and you're going to have to go for two anyway in the next overtime. So throw your best two-point play out there. But do you think that, you know, Alabama's lost to – they lost to AM last year. They lost to Tennessee this year. Now they lose to LSU. Is are they slipping? Um, or is it just random? Like this is supposed to be the revenge year. I didn't think that they would have any shot. They'd have two losses by now. Is it just the rest of the conference is stronger? Like, but this is it feels like Bama's coming back down just a little bit to the to the pack uh overall. What are your thoughts there? I think the entire offense is struggling because if you take out what Bryce Young is able to do and there's pressure, I mean, this offense is inept. They can't get anything done, and they're having a hard time getting stuff done downfield anyways. the This great talent that they've had at wide receiver that is all in the NFL right now is just not there on this roster. Uh, and, you know, we were hoping Tyler Harrell was going to be that breakout star, but it, it turns out that just wasn't there at all. And you could say penalties bit him again. Uh, nine penalties for 92 yards like they did at Tennessee. But LSU had seven penalties also, so you can't blame it on that. It's just that Alabama has started to come down to the pack. A lot of people are trashing me again this morning because I have them number four in power ratings, but only three teams. I mean, on a neutral field right now, I would only make three teams favored over them. But the problem is, is they've fallen through that touchdown gap. They're now down strumming around the Michigans of the world. They're strumming down three points above TCUs of the world. So, yeah, they've absolutely come down. Can they get it back? Sure. But, Stuck, I'll leave you with this, and then we'll we'll move on off Alabama. Name a college football team that has had a huge win on the road this year. It seems like teams at home are always winning. Like, I can't find a quality road win where it was this dominant. Like, Tennessee's dominant at home. Georgia's dominated at home, right? LSU's getting this done at home. I guess I was way ahead of schedule taking LSU against Tennessee, but, you know, but I mean, it's like find a quality road win out there. Tennessee, maybe at LSU. Uh, LSU gave them that game. They were, I mean, they were kicking that ball around from the, the second. But it's still a big win at LSU. Yeah. That There's not many, as you said. Those wins that Tennessee has, because if you look at the cultural playoff picture right now, which is my nightmare, Tennessee loses the division and goes to the college football playoff and wins the national title. If that happens, I will be so tilted. It's incredible. And everything happened yesterday to where, okay, they didn't win the division. And, all right, the door is probably still wide open for them. Like, they're probably favored to get to the college football playoff. Yeah, it'll be interesting with that because what's going to happen, I think, is, like, unless there's, like, if Oregon runs a table and it's, like, a a Pac-12 winner, like, you're going to have Georgia in there. You're going to have the winner of Ohio State Michigan. That's a given. And then it comes down to like, all right, does TCU go undefeated? If they do, then they're in. If they don't, do you take the a Pac-12 winner with one loss, Oregon or USC? Or TCU with one loss. Yeah, or TCU with one loss. I would think no from what the committee's already shown with TCU, but we'll see. 
And then it comes down to like, okay, the loser of Michigan, Ohio State versus Tennessee. I think those wins that Tennessee has, those road wins of the strength of schedule, would get ten, as long as Tennessee doesn't lose again. But if it comes down to Tennessee for the last spot, one loss Tennessee or one loss whoever loses Ohio State, Michigan, I think they're taking Tennessee. Neither are going to be uh, conference champs, and it's those, it's that road win, it's the strength of schedule that I think will get Tennessee in. But it should be interesting. That's, yeah. Things definitely got more interesting uh, after this weekend. Josh Heupel. LSU, what if LSU wins with two losses? Wins the SEC. Josh Heupel is going to blow out this remaining schedule by 50 points every week. You know? I mean, yeah. he is going to put his style points. down on the college football playoff committee. You know it. Yep. Style, style points. All right, moving on. Gentlemen, I love the podcast. But for fuck's sake, it's Nevada, not Nevada. It's not hard. The state invented fucking gambling. Let's use the right word. And look, as an alum of Nevada, I can't be more agreeing that they stink. You're right, but hearing it every time just makes it that much worse. All I'm saying is trash all you want, but just figure it out. It's Nevada. I, I just want to say this first. I was up at my – visiting my family now. This summer I was talking about how we I pronounce El Paso. So I asked my brother's girlfriend, I said, how do you, well, how do you pronounce E-L-P-A-S-O? She says El Paso. And then – my brother corrected her and was like, no, it's El Paso. And she's like, well, the sauce is El Paso. And then my brother's like, no, the sauce is not called something different than the city. Someone else tried it. It's El Paso. Then I said, what about Nevada? I know I say it wrong. It's Delco. We have a unique, we, we say things very odd at times. Every time I say it, I know I'm saying it incorrectly, but I can't help myself. It will always come out of me. But yes, I know it's Nevada. Sometimes I say Nevada and Nevada in the same sentence because I caught myself and then I correct it. So I apologize. Yeah, there's going to be words where my delconess comes out. Hey, I'm going to defend you because I am from a little town called Bentonville, Arkansas, and 30 minutes north of there is Nevada, Missouri. And I grew up my entire life thinking Nevada was the name of Nevada because Nevada, Missouri is how they all pronounce it there. So I'm going to come to your defense. There are other parts of the United States where they pronounce it differently. Just not that, I guess the people within Reno and and Vegas are not saying that. So, well, yeah, that's like in Kentucky, the crazy pronunciations. You're supposed to say Louisville, not Louisville. There's a town called Versailles. It's not Versailles. It's spelled like Versailles, but they pronounce it Versailles. I come down here. I'm like, Versailles. No, it's Versailles. So (laughs) um, I'm like, all right, fine. I'll call it Versailles. All right, moving on. The games haven't even started yet. And I already know your handicaps are bullshit. Just getting it out there before it all goes to shit. Actually, I'm just high and wanted to talk to somebody. None of my friends would pick up. You gotta be fucking shitting me, minor fucking nation. It's fucking 25 seconds left in the game. Rice is in field goal range and they're throwing bombs. Plus four, go f- yourself. Don't get what the f- f- the miners. Hey, minor nation, go eat a bag of dicks. Can't believe I bet on UTEP. UTEP, I just one quick thought. UTEP, yeah, I think that was a weekday game, and we didn't hear from anyone on the Mac because we, we we swept the Mac. Uh, <laughs> but we will hear the Mac games will get violent voicemails because they're they're weekday games and especially like a tuesday game we get it way wrong which we will by the way there will be games we get way wrong on tuesday and wednesday luckily we started off well but i, I think this utep game was on friday yeah friday night and uh 
Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a Thursday night. We Thursday night, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a great ending for Minor Nation, but I, I look, I'm just sad that we don't hear. We haven't heard from Minor Nation again for a couple of weeks because they can't get home. So I miss you, buddy. Call him when you can. Moving on. Well, I had I had Rice minus two and a half. Gave it all. Gave it out on our new BCS show. That was never in, the minus two and a half was never in question. But the three and a half and the four that popped up at the end of the week was in question. And uh, you know, Rice getting that touchdown there at the end uh, really helped out. But UTEP was never you know at one point winning that game. Sorry that happened, Minor Nation. But if you'd listen to the new BCS podcast or follow along in the Action app, you'd have had a Rice minus two and a half. Yep. All right, moving on. Army. Air Force, yeah, uh, their stuff rate is um, is uh, not good, and they're just going to score nonstop. And, um, I mean, oh, look at the What are we doing? There hasn't been an Army, Navy, Air Force over since, like, 2005, which is, like, I don't know, the same time it was still cool to say, peace out. Service Academy, unders, peace out. What's up, guys? Mike Ainello, Group of Five Deep Dive. Colin, Colin, Colin. When will you learn there is nothing more American than a service academy under 43-9-1 since 2005, Colin? It is now cashed 10 straight games. Air Force and Army, 9 straight games. The over hasn't hit between these two teams since 2013, and you're going to take the over again next year. Colin, how about this? I'll make you a bet. I'll take all three Service Academy unders next year. You can have all the overs. Best two out of three. Loser has to enlist in the military. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Life. Liberty. The pursuit of happiness. And Service Academy unders. These are the values that American democracy were founded upon. The British didn't lose the Revolutionary War because of some high-powered American offense, they lost because the U.S. Army grounded them to a halt. They grounded them to a halt at Yorktown. Colin, do you love America? I mean, what are you thinking taking a f***ing service academy over? These are easy unders. Easy unders. These are the values that our founding fathers instilled into America. What are you thinking, Colin? Hey, this is George W. from Fort Worth. Now, over the years, I've made some good decisions. I've made some bad decisions. But I never did anything quite like playing the over in this Army Air Force game, Colin. I couldn't pick a side because it's like choosing your favorite kid. But I did bet the under 40 and a half for the limit. I mean, you didn't even get the best of the numbers, son. And you have that Guido chief strategist of Service Academy football telling you to pound the over ever since this podcast was called The Gin and Juice. And speaking of Stucky, I have good intel that you got too hammered with that rascal Matt Mitchell Friday night and forgot to even bet the game for an easy cash. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. All right, W out. That here's a true fact. Yeah, I was I was out to way late with Mitchell and Chad and Simon. Two happened. Uh, that was on Thursday night, Friday night. No, it's not up too long because I do a show on Saturday mornings that I show up for and host. 
Big Pets on Campus live. So like I was up, I prepare for it. I was writing in the morning to, and I was waiting for the 41 um, because like I told you, you handicapped this. There was a pro group that messaged my friend that said, we make this 57. Do you have any thoughts? And my, friend, my friend was like, do you just throw out the numbers? It doesn't matter. Like it, it just doesn't matter. They just know how to defend each other. But anyway, I'm sitting there. We get done our show. I'm like making a drink, bullshitting around. And then I have put on, I'm putting my channels on for my TVs to set up the where I'm going to, what I want to watch. We have Charlotte. Let me make sure I got Charlotte on. And then I see on the bottom line, it says zero, zero in eight minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, the game started at 1130. So obviously the number was all right, gone. And I'm like, maybe they'll score and then I'll get a better. Nope, gone. So I feel even worse than you betting the over. I wanted to bet the under and didn't bet it because I missed it because it's why did it start at 1030? That was 1030 local time in Arlington. That's I got I totally forgot and uh, I missed it. So, but uh, here's the thing: I'll just tell you, you can handicap it and you could give it all the good reasons you want. It doesn't matter. And I make the total 33 every time. Just I just make it 33. I've learned a long time ago. Save, save, save myself time. So, uh, are you taking it up by Anello on his bet? Well, first off, Ionello, I am not going into the military. I'm about two and a half decades past my body being able to put up with that. Hey, Army, Navy, we're going over. All right. Listen, I'm going to be the first to cash an over in a service academy. I don't care if it's 2027. All right. This is ridiculous. These games ending 19 points. And by the way, I did get the best of the number. I had over 39 at close 40 and a half. Pat on my back for CLV, please. But I'm not done betting the overs in these games. Last year, they're going to go to overtime. There's going to be like, and what happened to that army team that's like throwing the ball, like had scored 50 on Wake? Like, where does that go during these games? Handshake. I mean, they handshake to go under. So that's <laughs> for every game. No one projects these games at 19 or 21 or 24. It's some we gotta get into the 30s. This, I mean, this is just a travesty of these games. And every come on. When the Declaration of Independence was written, when the Constitution was written, there's nothing in there about how it's American to be under, all right? Everybody likes over, except in this game. What is it? There's everybody everybody bets overs. We know that. How come we can't bet overs in this game? Why is it such a crime? Uh, I, I can't wait for you to recommend the over in Army-Navy. But yeah, I know we will reconvene in the offseason. We'll come up with a good bet for like you and Colin. Colin gets three overs. You get the three unders because uh, I can't have either of you going to the military because we, yeah. need to, we need you guys for the podcast. I think he wants uh, me to go to the military so he can move on up from uh, move on up to the Thursday pod. So the Wednesday pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll come up with a good bet in the offseason for the serve. We'll make it fun. Maybe we'll make it semi-interactive, too. All right. Moving on. Breaking news. We go live to Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, yes, this is Brett McMurphy reporting here from BBOC News. We're here at Club Lit in Charlotte, North Carolina, reports of a five-alarm fire within Club Lit. As you can see here at Jerry Richardson Stadium, it looks like Club Lit has completely burned down and is dead. What was once a vibrant club here in 2021 is a smoldering pit of ashes in 2022. After thrilling double-digit underdog wins, it seems after their recent loss to Western Kentucky, this team has been completely dead and is unbettable. Once again, reporting live from Club Lit in Charlotte, North Carolina, Brett Murphy. Thank you, Brett. In other news, Colin Wilson doesn't know shit about service academy totals. That report after this commercial break. Club Lit.
How about Club Hey, Stuck, I'm out here at Club Lights are out. Doors are locked. There's no party here tonight. I'm calling to confess. I went dumpster diving with Stuck outside Club Lit. Woof. That could be worse. Could have bet a service academy over. Yeah, Club Lit. It's, I mean, my. I think my biggest regret, I think I'm three and four in Charlotte games now. My biggest regret is that it's just not betting the money line on Charlotte. Like, they either win as like 17 to 20 point underdogs, or they just get hammered by anybody. It could be anybody. It could be FIU at home. Well, that game was over before it started. Horrible call. Very difficult team to figure out. We had a food poisoning outbreak. ABC came in. Someone had a fake ID. The club is shut down until further notice. I won't say if we, I won't say for sure we won't bet them next week against Middle Tennessee, but uh, as of now, the club is shut down and uh, there's no partying going on in Club Lit. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I had a friend from a uh, really big, he's like a, he's the Dave Doran fan that calls in or he got called in last year. Mm hmm. And I'm friends with him. He stayed at my house. He's visited from Raleigh. He like drove to see, drove with a big bet on Charlotte and visited his brother and went to the game. Do you imagine like yesterday you're at the Charlotte game with money on it and there's all this other college football going on and it's 21 nothing, like two minutes in. So at least me and all of you who called in and anyone else who followed me, it sucked. I'm sorry we lost money on them, but at least we weren't at the game watching because it could always be worse. Uh, that's that's all. Club let it shut down until further notice. I will let you guys know if uh, we get the approvals to reopen. So I get stuck in Lexington, Kentucky for Breeders' Cup. Flight's not going anywhere. I got to drive home to Milwaukee. And I'm like, I got to keep myself alert and focused. Safety first. I better put all my money on second half under in Baylor, Oklahoma. All I need is one more first down from Baylor. Game's over. Third and three midfield. Squirrel Williams breaks a tackle, gets the first down. He's getting ready to run untouched for a 50-yard touchdown. And this young American hero does the right thing and just sits himself down at the 10-yard line. Squirrel Williams, God bless you. I hope kids don't go to school on your birthday in Waco, Texas, moving forward. Thank you. Another excellent voicemail from our producer, Matt Mitchell. Uh, if if he was just a regular caller and not our producer, the man would be in the running for caller of the week every week. Mitchell was in Lexington with me. He, we even sweated. He had uh, We sweated the UMass-UConn game together at my house, and we were out together. It's a good time. And he was at the airport. Hey, Stucky, it's Matt. I'll jump in here real quick. Uh, it was a pleasure seeing you, spending time with you, seeing your beautiful home, meeting your lovely wife. Here is the message I left while I was driving home to Milwaukee after seven hours at the Lexington Airport. The day of Breeders' Cup. Had a great time, saw Stucky and Simon Hunter and Chad Melman, it was great. I get to the airport nice and early. I run into Alex Monaco there with the volume. It's nice, we're hanging out, having a nice time. Uh-oh, our flight to Chicago. The last flight leaving the fucking airport in Lexington today is delayed, then delayed again. We look at each other like, I think we're going to be boned here. We're not going to be able to catch our connections in Chicago. 
if there's one more delay. Then we see the gate agent smile. She grabs the pilot, pilot smiles. He grabs the PA to give an announcement. We're like, okay, we're in luck. And the guy goes, all right, good news. The ground stoppage in Chicago has ended and we are good to fly out. And then like he's, like he's doing an improv set, he waits like three Mississippi and goes, in two and a half hours. And everyone's booing him. It's like night at the fucking Apollo at the fucking terminal. Everyone's gonna miss their connections. We, we start watching the only people having a worse day than us, the fucking Tennessee volunteers, because we bet on them. We go, okay, you know what? We're, we're gonna be fine. We'll catch a red eye or whatever out of Chicago. And I'm like, I could just rent a car and I'll just drive home from Chicago, whatever it takes. We get another announcement that there's a full ground stop in Chicago again, because the fucking president is flying in. And we hit a, a weather delay election cycle Air Force One visit parlay. I say, fuck this. I grab my shit. I get in a rental car. I'm driving on I-65 now to do the seven hours home to Milwaukee. My wife's left me. She's remarried. I think she married a guy named Hank. My kids are calling him dad now. And I just, I just live on the road in this rented Nissan, which is now my condo. Goodbye to my old life. Great call. Let's move on. Dougie Colin. We're walking out of the dog stadium right now. Stanford Stadium rocking all night. Tennessee plus eight and a half. Never going to happen, boys. How about them dogs? Listen to the people bark. Stucky, buddy, I'm not going to lie. I've been a fan of this show forever. It's my first voicemail I'm ever leaving um, because you cross the line. You cross the line when you mess with my dogs. I heard all week, I heard Colin give the quarter spiel. I get, I heard everything. And I, all I heard from you, Jalen Hyde this, Hendon Hooker that, well, look at that. And ass whooping in Athens. Go dogs. So little did I know that sending Stetson Bennett's phone number to a group message of my closest friends would turn into literally all of Vol Nation distributing that number out and harassing him all of Friday night. It is humbling to know that I have that type of reach, that I can affect the quarterback of a major college football program like that. But once I saw Stetson Bennett scramble for a touchdown and put the little phone thing up to his head, I knew that it didn't faze him. And I just want to apologize to all of Vol Nation for the mistake that I made. Rocky Top, you'll always be f***ing trash to me. F*** all of you orange-wearing pieces of shit. Go back to the hole you came from. Colin was right. Dogs were right. And by the way, I, lo- I lo- love th- these calls. And I love doing it on Twitter, too. The, the passion and the fan base interaction – uh, and the trolling, that's what, that's what makes it fun. So, yeah, I, I deserve to get uh, some some barks. I'm glad we got some barks in there. And, yeah, I was wrong. I mean, I, what what it really came down to is Hooker, like the off of the Tennessee offense has to hit their shots. Hooker had three open ones, and he missed them. But why did he miss them? He's fucking rattled. Uh, the Georgia defense had him rattled the entire game. He hits those deep shots normally. And, yeah, they had a shot for a backdoor late, but – Georgia was the right side. Georgia kind of shut it down late, too. That, that punt by Georgia was amazing. 
Tennessee could never really get its footing. And why? Tough environment. And you got to give credit to the Georgia defense. So they were the right side. They're they're dead to me now. I actually kind of like Tennessee now. I mean, if you played that game in a neutral environment on turf, uh, where Tennessee can like have their, you know, they you know, what they have on the outside and Jalen Hyatt on inside on the slot. I think they could beat any team in the nation with the exception of maybe Georgia again, because Georgia has the pieces in the secondary to slow Tennessee down. And it's there's two things on the Georgia side. I can't believe how bored they are with their college football schedule. And they only show up and they're like bored against Kent state, right? Like bored against Missouri. Then all of a sudden here, they look like a team that it can easily win the national championship. But if this game gets played again, say in the college football playoff and it's on say an indoor turf, like in Atlanta and the peach bowl, I, Tennessee's got a shot. Uh, no, but I agree. Yeah. Helker's got to play better though. He's got to be, yeah. he, you know, he, not only he missed you know, part of the reason why he missed some of those deep shots, like I said, because of the Georgia defense and because of that also he was rattled at times in the pocket. Like you could tell he had happy feet and just wasn't comfortable with his footwork, but getting Tillman back, you could see the importance of him. I assume he's he's only going to be more and more assimilated into the offense. So, yeah, I agree. I didn't think – I didn't, like, drop Tennessee a, a drastic amount, but I, I give credit to Georgia there, and I, and I do think it was the right side. So, uh, good call, dog backers. And, I, will, I unfortunately, I got, I'm going to be on Mississippi State next week, so we'll see. But we'll talk about that later in the week. Moving on. All right. Michigan State 10-0 after Drake releases an album on Friday. Um, that's a stat. Look it up. So, and only thing that can stop us is Mel Tucker's bullshit ass kicking a field goal at the three yard line when they were 17 point f- dog. All right, this is the first quarter. Just checking in. I was a Sparty guy earlier. He was shitting on Mel Tucker for kicking a field goal at the three. But hey, boy, I got the hotline bling. Ooh, Mel Tucker's got the hotline bling. 10 and 0, baby. 10 and 0. When Drake releases an album. 10-0, Sparty. Sparty, 10-0 when Drake loses an album. Mel Tucker's a king. A king. A king. Uh, Mel Tucker fan club in the house. Uh, so, out of all the bizarre, they, you know, there was the, the most bizarre score of the day, which I'm sure is going to be your worst call, your uh, Houston under. Yeah, that is um, the worst by far. Which is the most points ever scored in a regulation uh, in the history of college football. Clayton Toon threw for 500-plus, ran for 100-plus. I think he's the first quarterback ever to do it. Had they scored nine touchdowns and they lost 77 to 63. I kept thinking it was college basketball, Houston SMU. But so there were some weird scores last last night, or I should say this weekend. And the one that confused me the most because I didn't see any of it and I didn't think that they had a chance to win is Illinois going down against yeah. Michigan State team that was missing all kinds of starters, like apparently in disarray. So one did you watch it? Did you watch into that too? What happened in that game? Can you give me? Yeah, because I got to go. Yeah, I mean, Illinois drove the field. Uh, looking at the numbers now, they got past the 40-yard line six times. They had six scoring opportunities, and they ended the game with seven points off of scoring opportunities. That is horrific. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, and Michigan State, you know, averaged 4.8. They had five trips past the Illinois 40 and scored four, averaged 4.8 points. Uh, their success rate, their field position, everything textbook. It's like, it's like Michigan State's taking the entire season off, and all of a sudden they just showed up. Like this yeah. is what we thought was going to be there in week one. Yeah, crazy. And now the thing is, is that Illinois' chances of winning the Big Ten West basically stayed static because Purdue lost. So yeah. like they're they're still the favorite to get to Ohio State. And by the way, I doubt we're going to have any. This is probably this is to the point where I listen to the voicemails. 
I don't think we have any calls in the Ohio State game. I always struggle with this. You know, we don't have a lot of data points for Ohio State. This one was obviously really bad, but it was played in a monsoon. So, like, when you have a game like that, do you just, like, throw it out? Do you not? What did you do with Ohio State? Who, like, if if that was in normal conditions, you'd be like, wow. Like, obviously, their offensive numbers were awful against Northwestern. They needed to pull away late. But it was in – they were showing kicks before the pregame. They were just dying, and they go, whoop. I don't know how much I can really take from that game. Any thoughts there? A couple of weeks ago, I stated that CJ Stroud is not that good, that his numbers have been really bad in the advanced analytics from a turnover worthy player rate. He's just making bad decisions. And that was backed up out of the box score we got yesterday against Northwestern. I mean, I know the weather is bad, but 10 of 26 for 70 for 76 yards. That's yeah, only bad. four different targets. Like only four different, only four players caught a pass. Like, and you had 26 passing attempts. So he's, now limiting the number of people he's targeting, and he's still only 10 of 26. And I don't care if the weather is bad. You should be able to complete a five-yard pass in any kind of weather against Northwestern's defense. I mean, C.J. Stroud is leading in Heisman right now? How? How? Is anybody actually looking at his numbers? Because they're not good. Is Bennett going to win the Heisman again? I don't even know now after this weekend. I mean, I need an Undertaker thing, right? I need this. I need him sitting up in his grave. I mean, Stetson yeah. Good was 100 to 1, and now you got a deal – with Brett, where I think he's running around with a 20 to 1, the ticket that's all of a sudden maybe got some life. Amazing. All right, moving on. Hey, Colin. Uh, good call on Bama. Not only did you lose a spread, you just you lost outright. I mean, suck that tiger, d- baby. I cannot tell you how pissed I was at Brian Kelly for kneeling, but then going for two. Great job. So he's all good. Big balls. Brian Kelly, go Tigers. I watched Callan Wilson take Bama minus 13 and a half. You know, it's okay. You know, it, it, we, it's Brian Kelly. No one believes in him. And you know what? We're one win away from the SEC championship. And who do we have to beat? Arkansas. Woo, pig Take that money line. Go Tigers. Started telling your uh, round round parlays a couple weeks ago. I f-ing hate K State. I saw you throw Texas in there. I loved it even more. I uh, bet that parlay was cheering for Texas all night long. Loved it. Hit four out of five. Went to check my app, see what it paid out. I accidentally hit K State. Loser in my face. First time ever doing this. I need you guys to talk me off the ledge here. I I'm speechless. I just yeah I don't know. Uh yeah I've done that before. It's fucking the worst. I, I don't I don't think I've done it around Robin. I've done it with like a big bet, and then you you're sweating it, and then if you win, and then you go to your accounts, and then they're lower. Then you and you're like what? And then you got to go to history, and you're like. Oh my God. I just, not only did I lose money instead of the money that instead of winning money, which I thought I did, I just spent three hours rooting for this side that cost me money. Um, it is awful. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, I, I wish I could say like, I'm so careful. And I see every time, like it just, you know, you make thousands and thousands of bets. Everyone's, yeah, you just have to move on. Like, you just chalk it up for – it does seem like you never accidentally bet the side that wins when you were going to bet the other side. But I'm sorry, brother. Uh, we will we'll, – we'll get the work on the round, Robin, for next week. Uh, two questions for you, Colin, on the games that he mentioned. 
So Texas, maybe they finally can calm down. I know they were getting no bounces, but man, they, your, I think your best call was Texas first half. I wish I bet Texas first half because then I, I didn't have to sweat that whole second half. They look so skittish. Like they're like, oh my God, I know everything's going to go wrong. So maybe that calms them down that they actually held on to a lead. But again. No, absolutely. I mean, it is in a team psyche when you're on the road and you've choked in the second half, you could tell that Texas was feeling the pressure there and they were up 28 to 10. And even I was, I knew Kansas state had the middle eight and I threw over a live bet at like plus 31, 10. It was 31, 10 at one point. Yeah. 31, 10. And, at the, and you know, I'm throwing over a live bet at, at Kansas state plus 11. And I'm thinking to myself, Texas chokes in the second half and I got the middle eight here. And it's probably good to get that monkey off their back because Kansas state was absolutely pressing them and, you know, Texas second halves on the road are a real deal, but we don't have to worry about that now. Now they're going to get TCU at home and in a really great spot. But pivoting back to LSU, because I'm staring at the board right now, right? The early lines are out. I project. What, what is that number? I'm staring at my projection. What's it going to take for you to buy Arkansas? Don't look at your phone. What's it going to take for you to buy Arkansas? Name a number. I'll be, I'll be on Arkansas. I was assuming that it's this- probably going to be like Arkansas plus three. Yeah. So the board right now, one, one book is out there at three and a half. Uh, I projected at four and I've got to start. If this thing gets to four, I've just got, I mean, I've got to slide it over and, and hope that Sammy covers comes out and he's not, you know, telling us once again, that he was out coached by Hugh freeze by Bobby Petrino. Uh, do you just take weeks off? Yes, sir. What's going on here? Well, that's, yeah, that's what I have to dig into. Cause this is a team that was ascending, right? We both agreed that like, all right, we like what we've seen over the past few weeks. And, and by the way, all the Liberty team does is cover every week. Jesus. But did was there something that you saw that was like alarming? Was it just a bad day? Was it a bad well, game plan? Like, so, what the, I, I didn't see much of it. While we were doing our show, our live show yesterday, I started getting text messages. KJ's barber is saying he's out today. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I'm on Hogville. I'm on the Twitter. I'm sending texts like, what is this? KJ is going to be out today. Well, it turns out he, Pittman said afterwards he is banged up. But he did end up playing, but the offense was so terrible. The offensive line could not stop Liberty's defensive front. The offensive line could not clear a path for Raheem Sanders to run. And KJ just wasn't completing any passes whatsoever. Give credit to the defense. They shut Liberty down. Liberty didn't score a single point. And Day-Day Hunter is the most elusive player in all of college football per PFF. So give Arkansas's defense credit for the second half for what they did. The offense was a shit show all four quarters. Yeah, almost guarantee you I will be on. Arkansas is I was thinking that I was I'm gonna get a field goal or more. So uh under would be a little dicier, but it is the spot. Like that is yep. that is one of the spots of the year. LSU off that emotional win over Alabama. They're now saying we're going to the SEC. You just heard the fans. Like that's what players start to think. We're going to the SEC championship. All we need to do is beat Arkansas. Arkansas comes off an embarrassing loss at home to Liberty. It's everything you'd want in a spot. So, yeah, we'll talk about it more later in the week, our week 11, I can't believe it's week 11 or week 11 college football betting preview, which will be out Thursday night. All right, moving on. So I decided to get on the Action app, take a look at that SMU Houston under, and I thought, damn, we missed that one. And then I look, and we're not even at halftime yet. I'm now just waiting on, on this notification to come across live under 150 and a half. What are we doing? It's going to look like a basketball score by the end of this. Colin, Colin, I told you on that under, the ponies and the cougars. I told it. I think I'm looking at a 48. 
No, it's like seventy something. <laughs> no, I tailed it at forty eight. Now it's like the live line is like a hundred? A hundred and twelve. Hundred and twelve. <laughs> Now I should lie, lie. I should lie better right now. You should lie. I should lie better. Listen, I I bet under sixty seven on open last week. It it closed sixty six, and that many points were scored by SMU. I think by halftime. So, <laughs> Tanner Mordecai had nine touchdowns and no interceptions. Practice good money management. One unit means one unit. Um. I would rather lose an under like that than in, uh, that's how I always look at it. Like I was telling people like Coach Charlotte, I was like, all right, it's done. It was a bad call. You wipe it off uh, and you move on. It's better than Charlotte like being down 10 with a minute to go. They throw a pick six or like, you know, the uh, the under gets ruined in overtime. Like Alabama, I was going to bet Alabama LSU under. Thank God I didn't. But like losing an under like that is way worse. So you just got to laugh at those. Yeah, I, I I made fun of Colin right away when we got on. I was like, yeah, but, uh, there was the, the most points ever scored in a regulation game. So it is one that you'll always remember. You always have a story that you bet under in a game that had the most points ever in regulation, and there was like 20 touchdowns combined. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're not right all the time. All right, moving on. <laughs> Colin sucks. Hey. Dabo. Hey, how many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, yeah. Zero. Because they're lighting cute candles your college football playoff hopes in funeral fashion. Didn't you say you were going to stop coaching once the student-athletes start getting paid? I remember when you said that. You might be the biggest clown in college football. Notre Dame Clemson under 44 hate to see it I think we need a a name for quarterbacks that are so bad that you can't bet their unders because they're going to throw a pick six or turnover that's going to cost you right what's something that that prevents you from going under maybe like like floaties big stinko you are a floaty you prevent the game from going under Graham Mertz floaties you guys suck Spencer Petras can't bet your unders anymore because you guys are so bad. We were both on Notre Dame. Um, called that on the show. Big bets on campus live earlier in the day. I, I just felt Clemson was right for the picking. One of my better calls just because I said that they're vulnerable in the trenches and they got bullied. Yep. Bullied. And they were bullied the entire game from start to finish. And at what point do we not blame the quarterbacks on Clemson? And do we have to blame Dabo, the play calling the offensive coordinator, the play calling is so bad. And then and then DJ had his best drive, and then he takes him out right after that. Not at the end of the not the start of the second half. He takes him out, and then Klubnik starts from like the 10 and then throws a freshman pass and gets picked and the game is over. Uh, so and then he puts DJ back right back in. So yeah, I it was nice to see because I really it'll be interesting if Clemson runs the table and wins the ACC. Or if UNC does, I don't think either will get in unless there's complete chaos because you have UNC with that defense, these close calls on the road. And then everyone saw Clemson's close calls and now get exposed on the road. 
Put Notre if you're gonna put, put Notre Dame in the ACC championship. By the way, uh, they they own the ACC. Yeah, it was nice to see because I just don't think that this Clemson team has any shot of what did we talk about with Tennessee? Put that Tennessee offense up against Georgia. You know they play a they play a hundred times. Tennessee's gonna beat them some. They're not gonna beat them more than fifty percent of the time. Clemson, what, what do they win two? Five, I don't think they win any. I just don't think that they're capable. Uh, they don't have the ceiling on offense and their defense. I don't know why their defense isn't good because the talent is there, but it's something's not working. It was nice to see uh, them get exposed. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the ground attack that the weather is what made us focus on the ground attack and Clemson absolutely got torn up on the ground. When they face North Carolina, in the ACC championship if North Carolina is able to have a legit ground game come in there. You have to wonder if North Carolina could win the ACC. I'm just yeah. Put it out there. If Clemson defense can't do this against Notre Dame's offense, can North Carolina win the ACC? That's a legitimate question. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, Drake May, the way that he's playing, like they're not going to get any stops, but Clemson looks like it stops itself sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm at the Vandy game, so naturally I took Vandy plus 10 and a half, and here we are with a beautiful drive late in the fourth quarter, 6.06 to go, and we score a touchdown, but – Instead of kicking the extra point to cover ten and a half, we go for two because for some reason we want to be down nine instead of being down ten. Like why, why? Let's cover the ten and a half. Why are we going for two and failing to be down by eleven? It doesn't make any sense. I've had a horrible day. It's oh, I, I'm fed up. But anyway, fuck Andy. Fuck how this game has gone. They went for two down eleven. Yeah, they did. I, I had Vandy and I was. I, I didn't have anything left to throw in this house. I mean, New Mexico, I had like 16, 16 and a half. They lost by 17, right? I mean, it was just one of those days where I didn't have enough like squeeze balls to throw around this house because I don't know what Clark Lee is doing going for two when you're down by 11. What are you doing? We know that in time, Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. Pathetic. pathetic. It, I mean, I, yeah. Well, I mean, we were, I knew that, Colin's bad weekend was coming at some point and all the bad breaks came in one weekend with some of the shit show that, that was Vanderbilt, Missouri, New Mexico, unders service Academy overs. It was a, it was a perfect storm yesterday. Yeah, it'll happen. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I'm going to say caller of the week. The guy, Brett McMurphy reporting live. Cause he got a shot in on you, me. And then he got a shot in on you at the end. It made us both laugh. Uh, it was very clever. Reach out to me or the producer for uh, I'll send you a cash prize. And by the way, leave a review. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do best call, worst call, bet, regret. I'll start. My best call probably Notre Dame is up there, but I'll say Kansas. We don't need to. I don't. I told you. I wish. I wish happiness, economic prosperity to Stillwater and the surrounding areas. Now, all Oklahoma State alum. Um, I hope you win the Powerball, unless I buy a Powerball and then lose the ticket, which I did. I wish you luck. So I'm not going to call you frauds. There's a lot of injuries, and the quarterback situation was bad, but uh, I love Candace there, and it's sweat-free, and I didn't have to watch many of it, and that was nice yesterday because there's so many close games that were coin flips. Uh, I'm going to say worst call. had a few of those. I'm going to say James Madison really disappointed in that effort. Obviously, Charlotte. I also played the Penn State under. Because of the weather, you know, sometimes those go right, like Ohio State. Sometimes those go this, just the, this. I knew the pace would be fast, and 
uh, Indiana's just not it. Um, so those are a couple bad calls. And then I'll say, and best calls early in the week, like throughout the week, uh, action was very good, which was nice. Bet regret was obviously not getting the Air Force, getting the service academy under it, just because I didn't know it started at 1130. I knew it was in Arlington. I didn't think it would start at 1030. Uh, I'll say that. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret? Uh, best call is Georgia. I mean, from a financial perspective, that win right there was bigger. I had more into that game than anything else. So, I mean, personally, from a financial perspective, it was a good day. But there was a lot of bad calls. The service academy over was a bad call. Uh, James Madison, Todd Santillo was terrible. He played. I know. Terrible. But, um, you know, it, I think from a bet regret perspective, you and I talked about uh, Texas A&M is done. Florida's too explosive. They're going to beat them. And that line started to move. Then we got word Saturday morning that there was a flu bug breaking out within Texas A&M. So I had at least three different spots where I gave that game focus and I passed every single time on Florida. So uh, definitely my bet regret of the week. By the way, speaking of Texas A&M, yeah, I had Florida. That was one of my better calls. Obviously helped by the flu situation, but they just ran wild. Florida's defense, by the way, is still bad. Uh, but another one, of, another good call that I had, which was dicey for a while, to be honest, was Auburn. And I just want to say thank you, Auburn, for losing that game for Mississippi State winning total over. Thank you for covering. Um, the same thing happened with Oregon State and Washington for me, so pretty fortunate there. Thank the gods. All right, before we continue, as a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. I just want to say how much I love Cadillac Williams. I love his energy. He is a madman on the sidelines. His players were so hyped. And they, that was a team that looked dead, lifeless under Harson. And this guy is running up and down, sweating, drenched. Like it, it, is, it was awesome to see his energy on the sidelines. I don't know if he knows what he's doing yet. We'll see. But I, I just loved everything about the Auburn sidelines the whole game. And they didn't quit, right? This is a team that was down. They were down three touchdowns. They came storming back, took the lead. Had a field goal chance. To, I mean, it was an awesome game. Auburn next week, this revived Auburn team, gets this Texas A&M corpse. You cannot bet this Texas A&M team. I'm telling you, I, 
I will not bet them. I will only keep fading the rest of the year. They are a corpse. They go to Auburn. This, I, I'm telling you, this Auburn team is rejuvenated. And by the way, Texas A&M can't defend the run. And that's all Auburn can really do on offense. So I think it's a good match. We'll talk about that later. But I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed watching Cadillac Williams on the sidelines, just as a crazy coach, reminded me of like a crazy high school coach that I had. Uh, so that was awesome to see. Um, any final thoughts on, let me see if we covered every major game. I just want to make sure we didn't leave any top 25 out. Uh, the Memphis, I think we mentioned Memphis. That that targeting call was horrendous. And NC State, I think NC State was one of your best calls. I, that was a bet regret of mine. I should have played them. We talked about that all week with MJ Morris. Yeah, he's great. Um, and then Cal, I should a Cal catching twenty one. I got away from the Wilcox thing because it lasted. They lost by one. I shouldn't. That's another bad regret. Shouldn't have got away from that against the USC defense, who's just anyone's going to score. Anyway, that'll do it for us. It was a fun week ten. Thanks to you guys for the week ten recap. There were funny voicemails, and uh, keep them coming. We're in the stretch run. And the thing that I love about this year is there's so much uncertainty. It's not like, oh, we know who the teams are going to be in the playoff. There is so much more to be determined. It's time for us to go find some winners, uh, dig into some stuff for later in the week. We will have the new BCS tomorrow. We will have, that'll be up Tuesday morning. We'll have our Maction show this week. Group of five guys are back on Wednesday. Colin and I will be back Thursday night with the week 11 college football betting preview. Like I said before, make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a review. Five-star review, you could say whatever. You can make fun of me for betting Charlotte. The club is burning down. We'll do giveaways. If you have any giveaways, let's get them now. Yes, we have two winners. One is Katsus, who did a very good job describing each of us. And the other is my guy, Big Shoes, who provided us with a recommendation that we should consider sending Colin Wilson to media days next season appreciate all your time appreciate our audio and video teams in the back end appreciate colin for joining me as always and appreciate of course you guys for listening it's time for us to find some winners we'll catch y'all later in the week cheers peace out